0: ministry, and I'm telling you, she is busy. She is all over the place. She is a business owner. She's an educator. Uh, she has been, She is an executive director of the Christian Women's Job Corps of Kerrville County. Was. She also serves as a development officer of a global nonprofit and a licensed minister and currently works helping people overcome adversity at the Uvalde Together Resiliency Center. You can see she's busy. <laughs> and she's a speaker and a writer and a regular columnist for several Texas newspapers. Some of you may have gotten to know her by reading her column in um, Curlill or in Uvalde. And she um, also has a blog. Oh, and also the Broncos. Is that, is that enough? <laughs> so she has a podcast. And she's the author of Thriving Through Seasons of Grief. How to overcome disappointments, loss, and change. Kathleen's passionate about helping people discover their value and their worth. And she shares transparently from her own life. She brings hope and joy and how to walk each day with God in your life with those that she meets daily. She leads a community Bible study in Kerrville and Uvalde and it brings people together from various churches called The Gathering. I have attended it, and uh, it's very good. That's where we met Kathleen. And it brings God into their everyday life. It's very, it's very, um, uh, oh my gosh, blanks. (laughs) It's very helpful in your daily living. So, um, there. She's spoken internationally as well as at conferences, churches, community events, sharing God in a practical way. She also speaks on the topic of grief and how it has been her best teacher, sharing her personal journey of losses in her life. Losing her late husband, her parents, she's learned to find new life again. She and her husband, Stephen, have five adult children together and eight adorable grandchildren since their marriage in 2012. They enjoy spending time traveling, dancing, Uh, they have fun too, and they hunt, fish, (laughs) entertain, and they love the outdoors. And she's taken this time out of her busy schedule to be with us today. And we are totally happy to have her here to join us and give us a word from God. Kathleen.
1: Thank you, Myra. Oh my goodness. Well, I am, was the director of the Christian Women's Job Corps of Kerr County and worked for a global nonprofit. but I'm not doing all of that now. So, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, Myra, and it's been a joy uh, to get to know you and some of the ladies from around here. And before I jump into what I wanna share with you, which I am excited about. I want to just ask, does anybody have a birthday today? Is there anybody here with a birthday? What about a birthday this week, or last week? Right there. Okay, if you'll come up, I have something for you. (laughs) And it's a copy of my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, which is about how to overcome in life's disappointments, change, and loss. Yes, you're welcome, you'll give that one to it, Okay, well that was meant to be, and there is a card on your table. Uh, If you are interested in catching me on social media or the podcast, I'm on Apple Podcast as well as on um, Podbean if you have an Android phone, and so that information is on your card right there as well as my website where you can sign up for my newsletter or you can sign up right back there. Um, And I will be doing a grief seminar here in Lakey on April 27th from 6 to 8 p.m. and there's some information on the table back there too. So God's doing something in this area and I don't know what it is, but I've had five different opportunities in a short amount of time And the first couple, I was like, okay, huh, that's interesting. Because I don't have a whole lot of connections here. But when the third one came, I was like, okay, Lord, what are you doing in this area? Because whatever you're doing, I want to be a part of. Because I love bringing the body of Christ together. And I love encouraging people in the call of God on your life. And I love helping share with others, how God wants to be a part of your everyday life. But at the end of the day, I am an ordinary girl, but able to live an extraordinary life because of the amazing God that I serve. And, you know, Myra challenged me. Has anybody here been challenged by Myra? I mean, y'all know her better. Okay, so Myra challenged me she said, you know, Kathleen, do you have, like, have you ever done your whole testimony? She said, I think that might be good. Because she's heard me speak on different topics, and I'm a topic speaker. I'm a columnist for four newspapers. And so what happened is, as my, as my newspaper articles got out there, I had people saying, will you do a Bible study? Will you do a Bible study? So the Bible study I do are takeoffs on the articles. And I do, I'll have another one coming up in the fall in uvalde i have dropped Kerrville because i really feel right now god has my focus in the uvalde and this area but myra said will you share your testimony and it really made me think and i thought i don't think i've ever done that from start to finish so i thought i'm 63 this is i don't know y'all might be here till dinner time but i'm sure they'll feed you but your testimony is who God is and what he's done in your life and how he's helped you, how he's healed you, how he's delivered you, how He's set you free and walked with you. And, you know, like I said, I'm an ordinary hill country girl. I'm not the most educated. Um, I'm just a girl that loves Jesus. And most of you don't You know, you might see one thing and hear some of my accomplishments, but what you don't know is the things I used to struggle with. And if you had known me 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, you would have seen a different person. I was somebody full of fear, low self-esteem, rejection, insecurities, grief, just to name a few. But I can tell you that the Lord has been so faithful And all my life he has been faithful. My favorite song. Let's give a hand for these ladies and their anointing. All my life he has been faithful. And he set me free of those things I named. You know, there are things that are going to knock us down in life. they are just things that are going to hit us. Disappointments. Failures. But the real winners, I believe, are those that just get back up that just get back up, dust themselves off, and get back in the race. God is too good to let us encounter a problem that he's not going to have a provision for us. The big issue is he's provided a lot of tools. We just need to pick them up. And for so much of my life, I used to think, well, why didn't God do this? Why didn't he do this? I prayed for peace, and I don't feel peaceful. You know, what's he doing? Taking a nap? I don't know. <laughs> you know? Um, but I want to share with you today five things that have helped me overcome adversity and disappointments in my own life, because all of us happen. Some may be little. Some may be huge. And the five things are, number one, understanding my identity. Understanding your identity. I had gotten my identity in all the wrong things. I'm going to share a little bit about that. And one day the Lord spoke to me and he said, Kathleen, I've given you a crown. You just don't wear it. And I'm gonna share with you a little bit about that, about how I had gotten my identity and my occupation, my husband, and my children. The second thing that has been important in in, um, overcoming has been learning to walk in peace. And I kept saying, you know, Lord, I pray for peace and I was stressed out, I lived stressed out, I thought that was okay. And I was like, Lena, why aren't you answering that prayer? And the Lord said, Kathleen, I've given you peace. You just don't practice it. I was like, oh, all right, well show me how to practice that. The third thing was getting rid of my fears and getting set free. I had lived a very fear-based life. Um, and the Lord, one at a time, in the tenderness of a father, just one at a time began to say, now let's deal with this, now let's deal with this. Forgiveness, huge in overcoming disappointments. And understanding and releasing grief and heartache. When I found myself in the ashes of life, one of my prayers was, Lord, I don't wanna waste this pain. I don't want to waste it. I know I'm not exempt. Job wasn't exempt, Jesus wasn't exempt, David wasn't exempt. But as I walk through it, I want you to work things in me and work things out of me. I was born in 1959 in Dallas, Texas. And I have to say, my first memories of God were when I was six years old and lived in Utopia, Texas so when I say I'm an ordinary hill country girl utopia doesn't get any more ordinary I think in some ways beautiful place but that's where I remember going to the first Methodist Church you see my mom had been raised Catholic and my dad was Baptist so we went to the Methodist Church (laughs) but I remember playing outside, I remember sitting in the pews there, and those are really, when I went back, and I was like, what were my first memories? Those were it, and in that little house that we lived at on a ranch, my dad was selling land. We lived in a one-bedroom house because there was nothing to rent in Utopia. And, still not, yeah, and my mother cried My mother cried when my dad said, this is where we're gonna live and go enroll that child in school. So, I went to first grade in Utopia. And then in 1968, we moved to Kerrville. And there, my mom became a Christian. My dad was already a believer, but my mom became a Christian and life radically changed. Mamas don't ever underestimate your call as a mom or a grandmother. Don't ever underestimate that. And at 10 years old, uh, I went to, we went to a church, and the uh, Sunday school teacher told us about salvation and inviting Jesus into your heart and asking him to forgive your sins. And she looked at me, and it was a small group, and she said, Kathleen, would you like to do that today? Have you done that? I said, no, I haven't done that. She said, do you want to do that today? I said, I don't know. I need to think about it. And that's exactly what I did. I went home. I thought about it. Talked to my parents. Went back the next Sunday and said, I want to do that. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. And that's what I did. I basically had a good childhood, and I attribute that to the prayers of my parents and grandparents Um, I think some of the things I'm enjoying now are are generational blessings, but my life was not without hurt or pain. I was overweight as a child, and I also was pigeon-toed, so I had to wear these big, clunky, brown shoes to turn my feet outward. And because of that, I was teased a lot by other kids, and even people in my own family. And my heart sometimes felt like a dartboard But people wouldn't have known that because I had all these walls around it. I had learned to protect myself by building walls and those walls kept some of the hurt out, but it also kept me from receiving the love that God had just for me. I was outspoken, I was real insecure, and really to be quite honest, I didn't like the way God made me. I was always trying to be somebody else. But I did love Jesus. And my parents showed me the right way to live. In 1976, I met a guy that, uh, a couple of years later, I was in high school. He was in college, attending Schreiner University. And we dated for three years and got married. And he was a nice Christian guy. Uh, We met at church and I thought, I couldn't wait to get married because now I'll be somebody. (laughs) <laughs> How many of you made that mistake? <laughs> but I began getting my identity from. Now I'm really going to date myself. You remember when you, some of you older ladies, you signed your check by your husband's name, okay. Mrs. Joe Maxwell. I couldn't wait to write that. Um, and then we had, we had two children at that time, and we, uh, and I loved being a mom. I had a son and a daughter at that time. And then in my mid-80s, I remember driving home from church, and it was like I had what you kind of dream of. I had a, you know, we, we had our stuff we were doing in church. We had our two kids. My husband was a banker. You know, all of this stuff was going on. And I remember driving home from church and saying, Lord, is this all there is? Is there anything else you have for me? And time rocked on in the 80s and my marriage, I found my marriage in a crisis and there was strife and disillusionment. Um, I saw all my husband's faults. Guess who was pointing those out to me? You know, Satan, right. Because when Satan can destroy, when he can destroy a marriage, he can destroy a family. And I was at the point, I cried all the time, we fought all the time, life just really wasn't fun, and I wanted to give up. But I knew when I took those vows, it was for better or for worse, and it was pretty bad. Um, I got pregnant with our third child, and somewhere in there, here I am working at a gym. I owned a gymnastic school in Kerrville and coached for a number of years. And here I am, nine months pregnant, marriage is hard, trying to work, and I remember just going for a walk and I was like, Lord, I give up. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. And a series of events began to happen in my life. And, um, you know, my baby got pneumonia. Our house got robbed. And we lived in a nice neighborhood, a girl. Our car got stolen. You know, my marriage was crumbling and my husband came to me and told me some things and I was like, where were you, God? Why didn't you hear my prayers? Don't you love me? And I made a great big mistake. I began to blame God for all of that adversity instead of my real enemy. And I said, why has this happened to me? You know, John 10.10 tells us "The thief comes to kill still." And destroy. But Jesus said, He's come so I can have you can have life and life to the full. And as I wrestled to stay in the marriage, I realized I had a choice. I could either trust God to heal my marriage or I could trust God to be a single mom. And I really had to wrestle with that. Um, but I did choose to stay in that marriage. And in that time, I was at such, I was just broken, and all I could say is, Lord, heal me, change me, and fix me. Too many times, we try to look to our circumstances, and we want our circumstances to change. Instead, the Lord is saying, yeah, but I can use this. I can use this in your life. And it was at that place that, for me, I had a dear friend that had gone through her and as I was, talking with her and just sobbing and all, she looked at me and she said, Kathleen, you're grieving the loss of the marriage you thought you had. And it was my first understanding of grief and she was well acquainted with grief because she had had a death of a dream too and not being able to give birth to children. But the Lord gave me scriptures in that time and began to teach me a little bit about grief. Gave me scriptures like Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And as I opened my heart to God to heal and set free and embraced the pain, I saw his faithfulness. And it was in that time of my life that I learned the power of forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is something that you do for yourself, not the offender. Something you do for yourself. People think, well, if I forgive, it's letting them off the hook. No, it's letting you out of the prison cell that unforgiveness puts you in. I learned from Matthew 6, 14, if you forgive men, it's a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. But if you forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive, your Heavenly Father will not forgive you. So it's real cut and dry in Scripture. Forgiveness is a choice, but it's something you do for yourself. And it was in that time that I learned that I didn't have to feel like forgiving because I had... You know, I'm kind of to the point. Well, I'll forgive when I feel like it. And that day just never came. It just never came. And when I learned I could choose as an act of my will to forgive and ask God to change my heart, it was a game changer. Lord, I want to obey you. I want my sins forgiven. I am choosing to do that, an act of obedience, but I'm looking to you, Father, to change my heart and heal it. And God began to do that. You know, unforgiveness causes pain and turmoil. And we forgive because we want the pain to end. Otherwise, we carry it around like baggage. And the first thing Jesus instructed his disciples after his resurrection in John 20, 23 First thing Jesus said to his disciples, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So you can carry around, and what I discovered, I could carry around that hurt and bitterness and unforgiveness or not. It was a choice. And there were times I had to pray, Lord, change my heart. But if I started reliving the pain, putting that video back in and watching it again, has anybody ever done that? Somebody hurts you and you play it over and over. And maybe you forgive, but then you put it back in two or three weeks later and watch it and you pick it back up. I had to forgive. You know, I know the Bible, in one passage, 70 times seven. Well, I don't know, 170 times seven. <laughs> Some of us are a little slow, slower. And it was also in that time period that I began, the Lord began to set me free of fears, of many fears, fear of germs. Thank God he did that before COVID came around. (laughs) I would have been a basket case. Fear of failure, fear of the future. You know, 365 times it says, do not fear. So it's pretty important to God. He tells us that. 365 times. And one of the things I learned in that time frame in 2 Timothy 1.7 is God has not given us a spirit of fear but power and love and a sound mind. And Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. But one of the greatest things I discovered too was I had a lot of head knowledge about God so loved the world, God is love, all of this. I had a lot of head knowledge because I'd grown up in the church. But God moved that from my head down deep in my heart. Deep in my heart. And I want to tell you today, He loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He loves you. One day I was standing in my gym and I was looking at things I needed to get done and I just felt the Holy Spirit speak and he said, Kathleen, you cannot get your identity in your business
0: and your husband
1: are your children because they can all be gone. And I was like, oh wow, okay. Not long after that we sold our business so I could stay home with, we had three kids, sold our business and um, I cognitively understood, I wanted my kids to grow up. We raised them to be independent, self-sufficient and love Jesus, it's like what else do they need and be gone but little did I know how short my husband's time was gonna be on earth. And so after I sold my business, stayed at home for a while, then I worked for Kerville Independent School District, worked with teen parents, and it was there I began to learn about identity. I remember reading in Psalm 139, 14, where it says, I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. And that day when I read it, I was just like, I don't know that full well. But that's when the Lord began to speak to my heart about my identity. And that then I read in Psalm 103 where he talks about us being crowned with glory and honor. And I began to see myself differently. I began to hold my head up higher. I began to embrace how God made me to be bold and strong for him. I was not going to be like some of the women I had admired and wanted to be like. I needed to embrace who God made me to be. And it began to unravel the self-hate. In 2003, I became the director of Christian Women's Drop Corps of Kerr County and I stepped into full-time ministry and social work. But another thing happened in 2003. My dear, sweet, God-fearing mama that was five foot two, always dressed to the nines, You know, she was one of those girls that said, say, yes ma'am, no ma'am, please, and thank you, and put your lipstick on,
0: you
1: know. And those were my launching orders every time I left the house. Um, But she got quite ill, and all of a sudden, she had a rare autoimmune disease that it took us a while to figure out, but it attacked her brain. And Mom, as I knew her, was gone. And I was, I really wrestled with the why question. It's like, Lord, I need her now, I need her to pray for me, I need my mom. But our roles began to reverse, and all of a sudden, I was the mom, and she was the child. And I slowly watched her suffer for nine years, which was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But what I can tell you now is God taught me more in her dying than he did in her living, and she taught me an awful lot of things in her living. But that began to prepare me for on down the road. And I remember talking to a pastor, and I said, I don't understand why my mom, my mom has led more children to the Lord in Kirk County than anybody I know. I don't understand why now she's young. I don't understand, and he, he said, I was talking to him on the phone, and he said, Kathleen, the big question is, can you trust God? if you never get the answer to that question? And I said, I don't know, I need to think about it. (laughs) And I sat on the back deck of our home in Kerrville, and I had to really decide, could I trust God if I never got the answer to the why question? See, the why question keeps you stuck, ladies. The why question keeps you stuck. When you begin to ask God, what do you wanna work in me, and what do you wanna work out of me? you'll get somewhere in the heartaches, disappointments of life. And in that time, I learned how to walk in peace. And you know where I learned that? Walking the halls of hospitals, hearing your mom's brain damage is irreversible. Your mom this. But the Lord had showed me that picture. You know, it says in Isaiah about the Prince of Peace. And so when I would picture myself holding Jesus' hand, being escorted by the Prince of Peace through the halls of hospitals, it began to change my life. And the Lord said, you have a God-given right to walk in peace, Kathleen, in any situation you face. You've got to practice it. So I began to practice walking in peace because Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you not as the world gives. Jesus loved us not just with peace, but with his peace. So you have a God-given right to walk in peace in any circumstance you're looking at. In 2009, my husband showed up at work, I mean, showed up at my office at work at the Christian Women's Job Corps, and he said, "Uh, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. He said, there's this thing on my back and he said, I saw a doctor in San Antonio. Joe worked at USAA in San Antonio at this time. And he had gone to a doctor down there, and he said, uh, they think it's a lipoma that's gotten infected, but I need to see a doctor. Today, do you know a surgeon we can call? And so I immediately, after all i have been through with mom, I knew a lot, so I mean, I'm making phone calls, and you know, when the nurse told me, she said, we can't see him for several days. I very calmly said, we will be there this afternoon. I just need for you to tell me what is the best time. (laughs) And we saw a Christian surgeon that day that I knew, and I could tell. I need a CAT scan today. I want you to go 4.30. I need you to get down before 5 and give me blood work. I need this. And I thought, I don't know. I've been down this road before with Mom somewhat. Joe was diagnosed with a rare cancer that two in a million get. And so they immediately sent us to MD Anderson. And I remember one day when he was having a 10 hour chemo treatment, I was walking around the outside of MD Anderson, and I was like, Lord, I've seen your faithfulness, I know your love, I know you're with me, but I see Joe in a win-win situation. Either you heal him, and we have this fabulous testimony, and we'll serve you and share, you know, or you'll take him home and he'll be with you and he wins. But I don't see myself in a win-win situation. Because if you heal him, great, and if you don't, I don't see that that's a win-win. I see my life devastated. And the Lord once again spoke in a still smaller voice. He said, Kathleen, I'll either heal Joe or I'll heal your broken hearts. And that was what I took with me in the next eight months as he battled for his life. You know, it was in that place I learned to walk in peace. I felt like I got my PhD in it. And Jesus paid a great price for us to walk in peace. And it was in that time I was Grieving, and you know, it was like anticipor- anticipatory grief. We were married 30 years, and we dreamed of the golden years when our kids would be gone, and they were all gone right when he got di- diagnosed. And so, our dreams were quickly changed to going back and forth to MD Anderson, and he died um, nine months to the day of his diagnosis. And then six weeks after that, my sweet daddy was in Texan Heart Hospital and I got news he had a 90% blockage. And my mom, I had to hire full-time care for her by this time because she was she was still living, but she couldn't be left alone. All I could think is, Lord, I know I'm not exempt from from grief and work things in me, work things out to me. I know I have a God-given right to overcome. You know, the word overcome means to get the better of a situation. And it says in Romans 2, 26, he who overcomes and who obeys my commands, I'll give him authority and power over nations. You have a God-given right to overcome in whatever adversity you're looking at right now. Grief has been one of my best teachers. Don't run from whatever painful situation you're facing and things in life. Let those things be stepping stones for you. Not too long after that, my mom died, my dad died. But what I learned was the beauty of Isaiah 61, where he gives us beauty for ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, and it promises to bind up the brokenhearted and set captives free. Many things were birthed from those devastating times that I've mentioned. God gave me a platform from that, and that's how I got started writing, was my husband, late husband had a blog, and when he couldn't um, he, because we were in such a battle for his life and we had people all over praying. And he looked over, I said, honey, I need you to tell me what to write. We don't have to tell people that you've lost function of your arm. The tumor he had was on his shoulder. I said, but tell me what to write. And he looked over at me and he said, no. He said, God has something for you in writing. He said, you just need to share your heart. And I looked at him and I said, Okay, I'm just doing it until you get well. And little did I know, but from that, I was asked to write for the Kerville Daily Times and then the New Braunfels newspaper and the Uvalde Leader News. That was one thing. 10 years ago, I remarried. And, well, let me just go back real quick the newspapers. i led a community Bible study in Kerrville and Uvalde for a while, but now I'm just leading it in there. I had a young person come up to me and say, Kathleen, you, you can't keep mailing CDs and emailing your message. You need to get a podcast. I said, I can't even spell podcast. What do you mean? <laughs> she said, no, I'll help you. And so now the podcast where I share just very transparently and down to earth is in 28 countries. See, you have no idea how God wants to use you. You have no idea. Just say yes to him and surrender to him. 10 years ago, I married a cowboy from Uvalde and it's been a wild ride. (laughs) He's a great guy. I'm married to Stephen. And uh, we have eight grandkids. And I walked in a few months ago, well, back in the fall, to give away some of my books at the Valley Together Resiliency Center, and just happened to hand them to the CEO, who was, um, our agency is birthed out of the Ecumenical Center in San Antonio, and she said, do you want a job? Because I had been down there that first day when Rob, the Bob situation happened, I put, I was going into town, had my workout clothes on, I'd been to the gym, put my hand on the door, and the Lord said, I want you to go to the Civic Center. I was like, God, people don't know me in Uvalde like they do in Kerrville. He said, Go. You have a you know I heal broken hearts, and you have a call to the brokenhearted. So I worked down there the first four days after the Rob situation. And um but I walked in to give away my book, and this woman said, "Do you want a job?" I said, "Oh no, I'm not looking for a job. I've got plenty to do." And uh, I said, "I'm leading grief seminars, and you know, I just have other stuff on my plate." She said, "Will you pray about it and will you talk to my HR person?" Yeah, I'll talk to anybody, you know. <laughs> and so anyway, but now you know God has opened a door to where I meet one-on-one with people. All of the services at the Resiliency Center are free. But I meet one-on-one helping people overcome in their adversity, in their pain, in their devastation, and in their loss. Whether it's marriage, whether it's fear, and anxiety, depression, or grief. I'm a grief specialist in that, and um, um, work in the community. But what I want to close with now, ladies, I feel so honored that God has called me for such a time as this in Uvalde Um, because I know God wants to do great and mighty things. And I know the Lakey area has experienced a lot of loss and pain. But I also know God wants to do something great here. So I wanna challenge you ladies, because you're all representatives of this community, to wake up to who you are, to forgive because it sets you free and brings peace to your heart. And all of these topics I have podcasts on, I wanna challenge you to walk in peace in the days ahead because we live in a crazy world and it's probably going to get crazier. If you've read the book of Revelations, probably is. But you have a God-given right to walk in peace. So pick it up and start practicing your peace. And I pray that God sets you free of fear. Tell fear to go, it's not your friend. It's not your friend. And ask God to give you a greater understanding of his love for you. It says in John, perfect love casts out all fear. So now when I'm afraid, Lord, I just need another revelation of your love for me, that I'm your much-loved daughter, that I belong to you, that my life is in your hands. So in this area where I'm afraid, just love me more. And in the area of grief, embrace your pain. Don't run from it. Let the great comforter, the Holy Spirit, bind up your broken heart. He has healing for you, he wants to use you, and you have a God-given right to overcome. Psalms 73, 23 says, Nevertheless, I will be with you. I hold you by the right hand. He holds you by the right hand. And sometimes we get nevertheless in life. But he still holds us by the right hand. So take his hand, let him heal you and walk with you. Your story matters, and God wants to use ordinary people like you and like me.
0: You can come up and. Okay. Thank you.
1: opportunity maybe you've never met Jesus maybe you've never said and invited Christ into your heart I want to give you that opportunity today to just say Jesus I need a Savior I invite you into my heart I need your forgiveness I need a helper. And if you've never prayed that, it's a perfect day to invite Jesus in, to be Lord of your life, because you don't have anything in life you can depend on but Him. And I want to close Just with a prayer and then a declaration. Father, I thank you for these women. I thank you for the women that put this together, but I thank you that each one that's here, you've handpicked to be here today because you know their heart, you know their life, you know their struggles, and you love them. And so I pray for hope right now to drop like a big anchor in each heart. Lord, that you would come and Lord, the shattered dreams, the broken hearts, the anxiety and the depression, that Lord, today would be a day that there's freedom because you're a God that sacrificed your son so we could be free. And thank you for that sacrifice. And, Lord, I'm asking you to take all of us, Lord, as ordinary women. And, Lord, for you to use us in the days ahead. So I bless each household. I bless each mama, each grandmother, each business person, each person serving in this community in any capacity. with me if it's your heart and let's say it out loud. Say God, how many understand who I am? God you've given me a God-given right to walk in peace. So I declare in the days ahead, I will, walk in peace. I will walk in peace and Lord it's not in your heart for me to be held back captive to fear and anxiety so I tell it to go you're not my friend choose as an act of my will to forgive and Lord where things have not gone the way I've wanted and it costs my heart pain I look to you to be my healer Because I don't want to waste the pain. Work things in me. And work things out of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's been an honor and a joy to be with you. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the days ahead. So I just bless you. Dismiss them? One more thing. One more thing. I will be over there at the table. There will be copies of my book available. They're $16. And um, so that's it. That's it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you.